Um, okay, go to John 15. That's where we are going to be tonight. Oh, and that back screen is broken. So I have to make a timer out of my phone so I don't keep you guys here forever. All right. Okay. There we go. The timer's on. So we're going to be John 15, uh, verse 1. Uh, if you were here last week, I made a deal with you. That deal was if you would bear with me last week through the sort of philosophical ideas about union with God that are really presented there in John 14, uh, that I would be really, really practical with you guys tonight. And uh, that, uh, that's really what I want to do. John 15, th- this verse, John 15, 5, probably one of the most formative verses for my life, and I think uh, probably one of the most formative verses for the way we view discipleship. Uh, So when I say we, I mean me and Jesus, uh, and you should probably adopt that as well, not because of me, but because of Jesus. Um, So what's really cool about the last two weeks and this week is in John 14, where we've been the last two weeks, Jesus is unpacking this idea Over and over and over and over again. And that idea is union with God. So so Christ came to reestablish union with God in all that that means that we as as believers, by believing, are actually drawn into the Trinity. And that's a crazy idea, but we're being drawn into the Trinity. So he remember we talked about last week is Jesus using this really weird language when he talks about himself and the Father. And he's saying stuff like, well, the Father's in me and I'm in the Father. And, and then he uses this weird, we called it entanglement language. Very weird language. And then he starts saying the same thing of us. So he's saying, I'm in the Father and the Father's in me. Uh, and you will be in me and the Spirit's going to be in you. And then as that happens, the Father's going to be pleased with you and love you. And this just really weird language about being drawn into union with God. And then he would bounce between that idea and this other idea. If you are in union with God, it will be manifesting itself in your life. And so he would say things like, I'm, you're, you're, you're going to be drawn into us and you're going to do greater works than I did. Like Jesus is literally saying that the people who follow him, the believers, will literally be doing greater works than he did because he is drawing them into the Trinity. He's drawing them into union with God and they will be filled with the Spirit in the same way that he was filled with the Spirit and therefore they will produce the same sort of life that Jesus produced as he walked by the Spirit in accordance to the will of the Father. So we sort of unpack that idea. And this week is just this really beautiful agricultural analogy for that same exact idea. So he's just going on with this same idea, right? So, um, so, so Jesus is preparing his disciples for life with him after he's gone, and he's laying out what that's going to be like. And like I said, life that's going to be union with God is going to produce it's going to manifest the power of God and the life of God in the individual, in the individual, right? So that's what he's unpacking and unpacking and unpacking. Uh, so let's read John 15, 1 through 11, and we can, uh, let's look at this agricultural analogy that he's using there. Uh, so start with me, John 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit 
he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. This is verse 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. You see that entanglement language there? Same thing. Um, Just as uh, my Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Whew, that's a lot of stuff. We're going to really revolve around John 15, 5 tonight. So, um, basically, like I was saying, this is an agricultural analogy for the words that he spoke in John 14. In John 14, he was packing up, he was unpacking that idea. Union with God, you're being drawn into union with God, so you believe in Jesus and it doesn't result in you becoming part of a religion. You believe in Jesus, it doesn't result in you following some rules so God likes you more. It, this is, belief in Jesus is not about a religion and it's not about you doing more better things. It is more, it is primarily and fundamentally about you being drawn into union with God you being drawn into union with your Creator so that you can enjoy life with Him. And as that happens, you will organically manifest fruit. And we're going to talk about fruit because that's a weird idea when I'm telling you you're going to manifest fruit and you're like, sweet. I have no idea what that means. Especially if you're not from like churchianity, you really have no idea what that means. You are probably freaking out. We're not into witchcraft or anything weird like that. So uh, let's unpack what that idea is about fruit, right? So Jesus says, this is, verse, uh, this is verse 5, Jesus is the vine and I'm the branch. Uh, that sort of language is really typical for the Bible. When I say that sort of language, what I mean is uh, God and his followers are always painted in this sort of relationship. So Jesus is saying, I'm the vine, the source of life, you're merely a branch. In me you have life. He's going to use other language. Uh, the Old Testament, you're going to see stuff like... Um, I, I'm the potter, and you're the clay. He's going to use other language like Psalm 23, right? Um, I'm the shepherd, you're the sheep. So he's consistently using this language of him being the source and us being connected to the source or being shaped by the source or being led by the source. But it's never in disconnect from him. It's, never, it's always this sort of, passive thing that I hesitate to use that word passive but it's this passive thing that he's producing in us and it's not on our shoulders to produce it's not on my shoulders to become a a vessel that is beautiful to God it's on my shoulders to be a piece of clay it's not on my shoulders to produce fruit it's on my shoulders to be a branch like it's not on my shoulders to I, what what are good sheep do I don't know it's not on my shoulders to produce a lot of wool right it's just it's just on my shoulders to be a sheep 
and listen to the shepherd. Right? So he is, he is using this language really, really, really intentionally. Really intentionally. So, uh, what do I mean by fruit? The New Testament is pretty specific when it comes to fruit. You just got to jump around to find it. Uh, so there are two ways that fruit is mentioned in the New Testament. It can either be mentioned as an internal quality of life. Galatians 5, uh, walk by the Spirit and you will, uh, and, and what will be produced in you is the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, and, and I always forget the rest, so I mumble the end. So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control, right? Right? It's all those things. But it's this internal quality of life. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. He's saying this is fruit. As you walk by the Spirit, this is, a, this is a fruit that's manifesting itself. So if you've heard a sermon that told you to be loving, don't listen to that. If you've heard a sermon that said be joyful, Jesus died for you, don't listen to that. Because those are things that are manifested in you. They are not on your shoulders to produce. They're not on your shoulders to figure out how to be joyful, how to be loving. Those are things that are produced in you as we walk by the Spirit. Right? These are fruit that is produced as we are branches. Okay? That, we have to learn to be a branch. That's what we've got to learn to do is just be branches. Just be branches. Not be like anything else but a branch. A piece of clay. That's all we've got. Be a piece of clay. Okay, so this internal fruit, this internal quality of life, the fruit of the Spirit, we can use that. And it also uses another way to talk about fruit, this external reproduction of self. Consider a fruit tree, and it bears fruit so that I can eat it and like that. But more than that, a tree bears fruit so it can reproduce more fruit trees. Inside the fruit is the seed. So you're going to see all this talk about uh, I think it's Luke. I think it's Luke 14. I could be really wrong about that. Uh, there, there's the um, there's the parable that Jesus tells about scattering seed, and then he's saying some seed lands, you know, on the on the on the path. Some seed lands rocky soil. Some seed lands in uh, this soil that's got like uh, like thorns and thistles growing up, and then some seed lands in good soil. And the good soil, it says that it produces fruit. What, five, ten, a hundredfold, or maybe it says like fifty, a hundred, and a thousandfold. I forget what it is. But it's saying that this seed that lands in this good soil will produce more of itself in abundance. So if we're going to think about that, this is commands about evangelism and discipleship. Right? So this external fruit is this evangelism and discipleship. This is me walking in accordance with the Spirit and leading other people to Jesus. Preaching the gospel, but not just preaching the gospel. Preaching the gospel and then walking along with them and teaching them all that Jesus taught the apostles who passed it down and down and down and down and down and down and down to me, right? So that reproduction of self, reproduction, this is the external fruit. Internal quality of life, external evangelism, discipleship. Really good ways to think about that. So, he's saying... I'm the vine, you're the branch, abide in me and I in you. This is really presupposing that you will not, there, there's opportunity for you to not abide and you will not bear fruit. Right? So that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. Especially because this is a very scary text. We're talking about these that don't produce fruit. It's like they're gathered together and they're burned. You're like, whoa, Jesus, slow down. Slow down. 
But he's being very, very real, very serious about that. Okay, I, I, don't, I do not believe this text is about salvation. It's quite obvious. I, th- I think it's pretty obvious if you follow the direction of it. I think it's pretty obvious that you follow the direction of it. Those that never, ever, ever abide are those who have never believed in Jesus and so been drawn into, and so been like drawn into being a branch. They're literally trying to like separate themselves from the vine and exist apart from him. Uh, though that does not sound like submission to Christ to me. So um, let's keep moving through there. But the, the the idea is really, really important that life with Jesus is being drawn into union with God and that producing fruit. But the huge deal is, is you not trying to produce fruit. That's really weird and difficult. The command here is abide. The command here is abide. If I learn to be a branch, if I learn to abide, then fruit manifests itself. So that if you've been in a church where they've constantly preached, do, 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 accomplish, 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 produce, 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 share the gospel, 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 and you have no life with God, and you do not abide in Him, and you do not receive from Him, and you do not walk by the Spirit, you found that to be an incredibly difficult and frustrating time. And that is a very difficult and frustrating time to produce the fruit that Jesus said He wants to produce through you. Way, 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 way different. Way, way, way different than the way it's commonly taught to us. So, question, how do we just be branches? How do we just be a branch that stays plugged into the vine, that's, that abides? Like, how do I do that? Uh, so the key is then this word abiding. This word abiding, uh, really this idea of remaining in, almost like living in. That's where our word abode comes from. An abode is a house, a, a dwelling place. So those are, those are verbal cognates. So the, the same idea of remain in and to live in. Jesus is really just calling like stay, stay, like stay with me. Walk with me. Listen to me. You see what I mean? It's just like it, it's such a hard thing to describe because you really just got to feel that word abide. Like abide in him. That's even crazier than abide with him. Abide in him. Be drawn into Christ, be drawn into the Trinity, be drawn into that, and then live there, and stay there, and don't leave there. And then what happens is just this automatic manifestation of the life of Jesus, this internal quality of life that manifests itself in external reproduction of self, right? So, how do we abide? Um... My guess is a lot of us have tried abiding in this way, a lot of really good things. And to be honest, uh, you've tried abiding, so you've heard an idea of this, or you have some sort of notion of abiding, and so you've begun to try to abide. And you've tried some really good things, uh, like reading the Bible and praying and going to church uh, and other good things, community. And I think if you're, if you're completely honest with yourself, if, if this isn't just right, like if you don't read the Bible in the proper way, then, and, and you turn the Bible into sort of this, like, I open the Bible and I read and good feelings wash over me and then the skies open and God smiles and he's like, I love you. Go throughout the day. And you're like, I love you too. Here I go. I'm going to share the gospel with me. Awesome. I think a lot of us approach our quiet time with that notion and then we read and we're like, I 
and you're just like, I'll just keep flipping or I'll just keep reading. And then you sort of leave frustrated. And then you get to church and they're like, read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. And you're like, yes, I'm going to try that tomorrow. And then you try again, right? Or then you try to pray and you're like, God, uh. And then your mind starts thinking about class. Or if you're like me, your mind starts thinking about like nothing that has to do with anything. Like absolutely not. I, I, half the time it's like, lately it's been like, we should repaint these walls. We should do that. We should trim some of these trees. That would look great if that tree was trimmed. And, like I'm j- and, right, and so I'm going into pray. I'm going to abide. I'm going to try to abide. And it's just like, what? And then I'm, you know, and I sp- try to spend an hour, but that's frustrating. So it's like 12 minutes, and then, and then I'm gone, right? So, like, we've tried abiding. We've tried it in these really good ways. Some of you walk with the Lord in a very, like, real, genuine way, and you don't have trouble with that. And that's fine. That's okay. I'm happy for you. That's good. No shame. If you're one of those people that, like, no, I read the Bible. Sky's open. He speaks to me right, and you pray, and you just, like, pray for three hours, man, that's awesome, awesome, just doesn't work that way for me, and it doesn't work for a lot of people that I've talked to, so my guess is you've tried to abide in these good ways, and it's just not clicking, it's just not clicking, right, uh, so I want to, I want to walk through, the, I, I really want to walk through, if you've ever been around me, if we've ever met one-on-one for, like, at Java Jacks, I've probably drawn this picture for you, so for half of you, this is going to be a picture that you've seen, like, probably 25 times, and you're like, oh, gosh, are we really going to do this? Yeah, we're going to do that. I'm sorry. Like, and we're going to draw on a big board, too, so it's not like on my little yellow pad. Um, so I just want to show you this, this is not something I prepared for this text. This is the way I walk with the Lord. This is the way I walk with Jesus on a daily basis. This is what I refer to. This is how I view walking with Jesus. And it comes, it's lifted out of this text, incidentally. Uh, and that's why I'm really happy to be just sort of going through John. But we're going to do this really, really, really fast because I'm going to run out of time. Uh, so let's, let's run through this really, really fast. Um, so I want to show you this idea. And you might not be able to see this. But I'm going to make it really, ooh, that's the Lord smiling on us. Um, <laughs> I'm going to draw you a couple pictures, right? I'm going to draw you a couple pictures. Um, so let's first draw this one picture. Um, this isn't going to be a vine. It's going to be more like a tree, but that's okay. That's okay, right? And if you can't see it, that's all right. That's okay. So here is, here is um, the vine, God. And this text is Jesus specifically. And then here is me. I'll even put my name here for you. Because it, that's me. I'm a branch. Okay. All right, this is the text. And, and this text revolves around three ideas. You'll see in the text. I'm the vine, you are the branch. It's not anything to do there. It's just some, it's, a, it's a statement of fact, right? It's a statement of fact about the nature of things, the nature of a believer, the nature of a disciple, right? So, oop, so this is a statement to, and you're going to see this. My life revolves around three boxes. That says beliefs, right? That says beliefs. On top of beliefs are practices. On top of practices is results. So walk with me through this, right? It's basically lifted out of this text. I'm the vine, you are the branch. That's a statement not for me to do. That's not a result for me to bear. That's something I believe. That's something I believe. That's a statement of belief. Okay, what's the next, the next portion of that text? Abide in me and I in you and you will bear much fruit. 
Okay, so abide in me and I in you. There, that's a statement of practice, right? That's what I need to be doing. I need to abide. I need to abide. Okay, what's fruit? Fruit is the result of me abiding and me abiding in what? Well, me abiding in what I believe about the nature of my relationship with God. Okay, so I'm going to do this really fast. So this has got to be so simple because I'm a simple person. My life doesn't revolve around a million beliefs. My, my life revolves around like four beliefs, right? We're only going to really land on one. I'm going to jump through them really fast. My, what I believe is that I've been drawn into the Trinity. I've been drawn into a relationship with the Father and with the Son and with the Holy Spirit. Each one of those members of the Trinity has a specific role in my life and in your life. And if you're cut off to any one of them, if you're cut off to any one of them, for whatever reason, if the idea of the Father scares the crap out of you because your father was a terrible father, that will have an effect on the way you view God the Father. It will. If your view of the Son was that he came uh, because he had to do it because the Father forced him and it wasn't his good and perfect will, that's going to have an effect on the way you receive forgiveness. Same thing with the Holy Spirit. If you have a weird, because you grew up in some crazy church, that didn't ever talk about the Spirit or did weird things in the name of the Spirit, you're going to revolve and have this really weird idea about who the Spirit is and what the Spirit does. And you'll cut yourself off to a member of the Trinity. So I believe I've been drawn into the Trinity, right? Belief one. Belief two is I believe I'm in a conflict. Here on earth, I've been born into a conflict. Been born into it. Life is not about comfort. Life is not about me amassing money and wealth and sending my kids to college so that they can get more money and more wealthy and then die and everything go back to the state. Like, my life is not about that. My life has been, I've been born into a conflict and everything in that conflict revolves around this warfare that's going on between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. I've been born into it. I don't get to decide to go on the front lines of it. I'm, in, I'm there. Nothing I can do about it. There are three places that that war hits me. My flesh, the demonic, and this world. I'm very clear about that. I know the three places. That's the third thing I believe. I know that in this battle, it's going to come against me. My flesh is weak and is stupid and sucks and does dumb things. The world lies to me all the time about what's going to make me happy, and I've got to be on guard against that. And the demonic is just this weird, creepy thing, idea, people that is really trying to ruin my life, right? I don't even know how to, I don't know how to categorize that. Right? I was born in the West, so my view of spirituality is jacked up to begin with. Right, but there is the demonic, evil spirits at work against the believer. Weird. Sorry, that's the way it is. Okay, so I believe those things. And I believe that my Father has promised love, freedom, rest, and power in my life. As I walk according to the way that he says, walk, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, I'm going to bring you rest. Take my yoke on you, learn from me, rest for your soul. So I believe that's the way life should be, rest. I believe I, you've not been given a spirit of fear, but one of power and of love and of sound mind. I believe I walk with Jesus, he, what's going to happen is power, and what's going to happen is love, and what's going to happen is freedom. Okay, I, like, I'm not down for anything other than that. I'm not down for like walking with Jesus, no freedom, no love, no rest, no power. That's not what Jesus said walking with him is like, so I believe that, right? Okay, done with beliefs. Those are the only things I believe. believe I think, I honestly believe you can take every piece of scripture and hang it on one of those. Here's where it's important. Here's where tonight's about. Abiding is a practice, right? Abiding is a practice. Abiding is something I've got to learn to do. And, and what happens is I abide and I bear peaches. Right, that's a peach shining. Right? I do love peaches. I do love peaches. Right? Or I can bear uh, grapes. But if I abide, if I just be this branch, fruit happens. 
internal quality of life, external, external multiplication of self, multiplication of life with Jesus. Okay, so what is practice? Very, very simple for me. Very, very, very simple. I'm going to write it down for you. This is, this is lifted out of uh, the Lord's Prayer, right? So what this says is, for me, for the way that I walk with the Lord, and this has borne so much fruit in my life that it's unbelievable. Uh, things have changed since I was discipled in this way. Abiding looks like for me on a daily basis. I reflect on what I believe, not on how I feel. I reflect on what I believe, not on how I feel. I release in light of what I believe. I believe the Father loves me, has a plan for me, he's going to guide me, he's got good works to bear through me. That's what I believe. I believe the Son has forgiven me, that I walk in freedom in front of the Father, and the Father loves me because of what the Son has done for me. Nothing that I've ever done or ever will do will separate me from the love of the Father because I'm in Christ. That's what I believe. Totally believe that. So like, Lauren goes nuts, and I just flip out and go angry, and I slap her around a little bit, and I'm like, whoa, should have done that, never done that yet. But I'm, I'm like, whoa, shouldn't have done that. Sorry, Lauren. Should I forgive you, Terry? You shouldn't have slapped me around. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Not, that was a terrible example. I do, I do not condone that at all. Anyway, terrible example. Every, everything that I ever will do, everything that's ever been done, has been laid on the cross, and the blood of Jesus covers it. Now I'm not only washed clean by his blood, I'm clothed in the life of Jesus. The Father sees me as he sees Jesus. I'm very, very, very clear in what I believe. A disciple is someone who has clarity in what they believe clarity in what they believe and consistency in what they practice that says consistency in real life um i reflect i release i reflect i release i do that in the morning the rest of this happens throughout the day along with these two i resist the attacks of the demonic of the flesh and of the world to the best of my ability i believe the the spirit has empowered me to do so so i'm daily consistently trying to resist my flesh the world and the demonic resistance Okay, I believe as I reflect and I, and I release to the Lord my wills, my desires, my kingdom, your, I want your kingdom, not my kingdom. I want your plan, not my plan. I want your will, not my will. I'm releasing, releasing, laying everything down. Like I have to do this like every seven minutes. Every seven minutes. I'm like, no, God, you go. You do what you want to do. I'll follow. I'll be a branch, right? I'm reflecting. I'm releasing. I resist, right? And then, and then here comes where fruit comes in. As I abide by reflecting and releasing and continually resisting these things that are coming to cut me off, to cut me off from abiding with my Father, I'm coming against those and resisting because what's coming to cut me off? The flesh, the world, and the demonic. That's where the war takes place. The flesh, the world, and the demonic are consistently coming against me as a person. My own flesh, the world, and the demonic are coming to cut me off from being a branch, right? Okay. As I abide I receive from the Spirit direction. I receive the will of the Father that's been prepared before, the, before time began. Ephesians 2. I've got good works. You are my workmanship. Here's that passive language. You're my workmanship, and you've been prepared. I've got good works that have been prepared before time began that you would walk in them. So I receive 
God, you show me what the good works are. I just want to walk. I just want to walk. I just want to follow you. Trying to be faithful. Trying to be faithful. As I receive, I respond. That's it. That's abiding. Like very, very simple. I believe if I'm clear in what I believe and consistent in reflecting and releasing and receiving and resisting and responding, okay, I believe as I walk in that sort of way, I will stay connected to my Father. So this is, and I want to play a couple scenarios out like real quickly. Um, like real, real quickly, right? What, where do we typically get this all messed up? Where do we typically go wrong in this? Uh, there are two, two huge ways that this goes terribly wrong. Uh, I, and I think this, I, lived, I lived in this place most of my life. Instead of focusing on being a branch, instead of focusing on what I believe, I focused here. I focus on the fruit. My life revolves around the fruit, and I just focus over here. And the weirdest way to not produce fruit is to focus on fruit. The we- so you see what I mean, external and internal? If, I, if my focus revolves around what I'm doing to the Lord to prove to me that I'm his child, if my life revolves around that, then I'm not arresting and abiding in Christ. I'm not resting in what Christ has done. I'm looking at the fruit. So this relationship is supposed to produce this fruit. And what I'm doing is I'm looking at the fruit and being like, well, there's no fruit. I must not be his child. Like I must not be. So instead of letting the fruit or the results shape what I believe, I don't look here. And I just say, no, I believe in Jesus, and I believe that belief in Jesus has washed me clean from sin, I am clothed in his righteousness, and I am accepted before the Father. And the Father has a will and a plan. So I, like, I'm not quibbling about what I believe here. Like, I'm not looking at, do I feel joyful to decide if God loves me? I'm not trying to look, do I feel loved to decide if God loves me? I've decided that Scripture is correct and true and right and the Word of God. And so I'm just like sinking deeply in it. Like I don't feel loved by you, God. And I'll tell them, I don't feel loved by you. I don't feel like you've got a plan. And I don't feel like this is working out. But your Word says that you do. And so I'm going to sink into that. Like I'm going to consistently reflect on that. This is why Psalm 23 is like the most important thing in my life. Like because I'm consistently telling God, like I don't feel like a sheep. I feel like you don't know what's going on. I feel like you're messing this up. Like this is what it feels like and looks like. But I believe you're my shepherd. I believe you'll lead me to green pastures. I believe you'll lead me to quiet waters. I believe you'll restore my soul. I'm sinking deeply into what I believe. As I sink deeply into what I believe, consistently, it will bear the fruit of those things. But if you focus on feeling loved by God, you will most likely never feel loved by God. If you focus on Scripture says that God loves me and I'm going to sink into that in every way I freaking possibly can, you will literally begin to walk in the love of God. You will walk in it. You will abide in him and him in you. This is where beliefs is what we've been called to. It's why we're called believers. We're called believers. My life revolves around what I believe about the Father, what I believe about the Son, what I believe about the Holy Spirit. My life is not a focus on am I bearing the fruit that God says I should produce, and if I don't, then that proves that I'm not a part of his family. And so I'm caught up in this idea, I'm caught up in this like fear of not being his child because I'm not doing the things that the Bible says should be produced. No, I'm saying I believe in what the Father has said through the Word, and that those things will be produced in me. 
if your focus is here or the fruit, like if your focus, results is fruit, that's what I mean. If your focus is results, if your focus is fruit, internal or external, then you will be cut off from abiding before you ever begin because you've just taken what should be a Christocentric, a Christ-centered reality, and you've turned it into a me-centered reality. And you will never bear fruit when you focus on yourself. Ever, 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 ever. Fruit is born as I look to the Father and what he has said, what he has done for me. I abide in it. I sit in it. I reflect on it. I release to him in light of it. I resist being cut off. Okay, so here's the second place that we typically go wrong. And this is, this is where it gets weird, right? This is where I honestly believe discipleship takes place. This is where I believe you have someone who knows you, walks with you, sees your life, and walks with you in a life-giving way because they can see things about you that you don't see. I'm going to draw, uh, I'm gonna draw a, um, another vine and another branch. Okay. When Jesus was on earth, he operated the same way, okay? And this is Jesus. So Jesus abided perfectly. Everything he did, he abided perfectly, right? And he produced a pretty, pretty good fruit, I would say, pretty decent fruit. Okay, so what happens here? As I reflect on the Lord, and I'm reflecting on who the Father is, what the Father's done, who the Son is, what the Son has done, who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit has done and is doing, I reflect on that, right, and that flows into me. So, this is huge. What you believe is actually going to shape the way that you abide, right? So, if Terrell abides this way, I believe that God is powerful, sovereign over all of life, and a little angry. Right? No, I mean, a lot of us believe this. Like, like, no joke, a lot of us do believe that. So this is what flows into me. God is powerful and good, and he has a will, and he wants to do that through you, but you suck, Terrell. And he's a little angry with you all the time. So my belief about the Father and about the Son is super unclear, and I don't anchor into it, and I let doubts, which come from the world and come from the demonic and come from myself, I let doubts come in and sever this reality. So what comes in is a true belief about the Father, a true belief about the Father, and then a wrong belief about the Father. So if my beliefs are wrong or unclear, that flows in, and that kills the fruit right because I'm sitting here trying to reflect on the Lord and I'm reading Psalms and I'm like trying to understand who God is and I'm like okay God I do believe you love me and I do believe you care but I'm pretty sure you're angry with me most of the time belief in Jesus says that Jesus has fully brought you into the Father so if you allow wrong belief to sort of just have its heyday inside of you and you don't and you're not sinking into right belief and so here's where scripture comes in if I'm not letting scripture shape what I believe and I'm going to scripture and saying I'm going to read this and sort of decide if I believe it or not and then as I do that it better sort of make sense and if it doesn't then I'm going to walk away really angry and confused We mostly do that. We either go to Scripture to get a feeling or we go to Scripture to decide if we believe it. If you don't go to Scripture in faith and say, I'm going to believe what this says and let it shape how I feel and the lies that are coming against me all day long, 
it will bear itself out in your life. If you believe that he is powerful and sovereign and a little bit angry with you all the time, you will not walk in the love of God. And most of the time what you'll do is you'll ask God to let him feel, let you feel his love. And you'll sit here and just revolve around this or revolve around this. You revolve around results. You revolve around what's supposed to be produced as you abide. And you can't because you can't abide in who the Father is. What you believe. So, God, so Jesus believed that the Father was loving and powerful. Sovereign and affectionate. Right? He abides in this. And he bears fruit. So it is insanely, insanely, insanely important that we use Scripture for what it was intended to be used for. It was intended to shape our belief. It wasn't intended to give you an emotional high, even though sometimes it ought to. That'd be sweet, right? And it is sweet. Sometimes I read and I'm just crying. Sometimes I worship and I'm just crying. Sometimes I worship and I'm like, God, where are you? I believe you're there and I trust you. If we don't let Scripture shape our belief and we use Scripture to give us a feeling, or if we use Scripture as something that is subject to us and is there to answer all my questions, it will not shape your beliefs, and your beliefs will always be unclear, and your beliefs will always carry a little tinge of wrongness, and that will manifest itself out. That will manifest itself out. So I say that like really emphatically. Really, really emphatically, your fruitfulness will be completely determined by your ability to consistently anchor in very clear beliefs about the Father, about the Son, and about the Holy Spirit. That was long. I'm going to say it one more time. Your fruitfulness will be completely determined by your ability to consistently anchor in very clear beliefs about the Father, about the Son, and about the Holy Spirit. You will manifest the life of God as you abide, and you abide in simple ways, reflecting on the truth of God, in light of the truth of God, releasing to Him consistently on a daily basis, resisting the lies that are coming against you from your flesh, from this world, and from the demonic. They are the, one, the lies are coming against what you believe to cut you off from abiding. As I resist, as I consistently resist, as I consistently Reflect and release to him and resist what's going on around me. I receive from the Spirit. I receive the will of the Father, the love of the Father, the authority of the Son, the love of the Son. That's, I mean, like finish reading it out, right? This is exactly what he says. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you, right? That's insane. By this, my Father is glorified. The Father is glorified as we abide in and believe that Jesus will give us what we ask for. The Father's glorified. Ridiculous. That you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Like, that's what he's saying. He's not saying, let me feel, let me feel, let me feel, let me feel. He's saying, anchor into this, and that'll happen. Anchor in, and that'll happen. As we consistently anchor into what we believe clearly and let Scripture shape that, the fruit will manifest itself. It is an organic process. 
It is not on your shoulders to it is not on your shoulders to save your family. It's not on your shoulders to save your friends. It's not on your shoulders to save your roommate. It is on your shoulders to abide and allow the Spirit to work through you. And as you pray for your family, for your friends, for your roommates, Scripture is really emphatic. Ask me. Ask me. I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it because it glorifies the Father. As you abide, as you abide, that's on your shoulders. You ask for the things that are not on your shoulders. And it says that he is pleased to do it, and it will glorify the Father. What a beautiful, beautiful life, union with God that we've been called into. Not go to church, read your Bible, don't cuss, don't smoke cigarettes, here's some rules, don't do these, and don't do this, and do this, and do this. Union with God manifests itself in the physical realm. Or what did we say like three weeks ago? You've been called into life with God. You've been, what was it? You are a people of God who have been called into life with God and, you're, and to cultivate life wherever you go. It's all the same idea over and over and over and over again. Okay, I really want to pray for us. If this stuff brings up stuff in you, uh, uh, questions, anger, sometimes it should produce anger. Um, that's okay. I mean, honestly, because we're trying to walk with the Lord, and it just, just never clicks right. Yeah, if it brings up anger, if there's issues, whatever. Um, I want you to write that down uh, on that little comment card, and you can bring it to the info desk. People will be there. Uh, we will contact you this week. Uh, and I mean, because this really happens as you submit yourself to letting someone who is older and wiser and more mature walk with you uh, through this. So... One more thing that's been terribly fruitful. As we draw into worship tonight, as we just, uh, we're going we're gonna to sing another song, um, maybe a couple. Uh, as, as, as you sort of draw into worship, one thing that's really been fruitful and helpful is confessing to the Lord. Like, I believed that you are an angry, judgmental jerk who's always looking for me to do something wrong. Like, really be honest. Like, I believe this about you. Okay, and I've acted as if this was true. Father, I do not believe that. I believe you are good and gracious and will lead. And so I like really be intentional about like letting this stuff, like these feelings that I entertain wash over me. And, I'm, and I have to take time. A lot of times during worship and just say, Father, I don't believe that. I do not believe that. I believe this. And just like cleaning all that stuff out that I really entertained for too long because it really does have an effect on you. Um, so I would say uh, if that sort of rings true to you, man, as you worship tonight, just let God know like what you think about him and then let him know what you believe about him. Two totally different things. Two totally different things.